what? I think what's funny is that people think that you can't sell a personal brand or that you can't have a personal brand where you are no longer involved. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about a RuPaul or a Jenny Craig or an Oprah or I think about like an Estee Lauder. That's a makeup company named after the founder. Estee Lauder not running the company anymore. Right. Is that you could if, if what you want to happen happens and if things scale and blow up and get larger than life you are going to have more options than you realize you know they say women shouldn't be bossy we're out here reclaiming that word what's so wrong with being the boss bossy so katie i think i know let me not say think i know what my next career personal brand evolution is and i'm really terrified of it, but I want to talk to you. Oh, okay. I've never heard you say you're terrified of anything. Oh, it happens. Okay. So, okay. tell me. So, I want to executive produce reality TV. Okay. Yes. Specifically, I want to create like TV that is made for the medium of social media. So think like one minute bingeable episodes. And I'm thinking that some of it could be like advertorial. Like I want to work with brands to do this. And I have my first project that I've started like planning on working on or planning. And it's sort of think like, like project runway for apps. Okay. I love it. Yes. So I think it'll be like a good transition for overlap, but I have like a bunch of other ideas. And so I'm starting working on this on Q1. So I could use your advice on how I get started with okay. this because I think the next step is to go sell this into brands. So I want for like, for example, like no code related brands or startup related brands for us to like integrate into the show. And I'm trying to figure out if I should go sell this to brands myself mm. or if I should hire someone, a salesperson to go do it for me what do you think if you are just pitching the media to a brand the same way you'd pitch any other type of media i would say you should be the one selling it roll up my sleeves do it myself because you have the creative vision you understand what you're trying to do i don't think anyone's going to be able to represent that better than you yeah but if you're trying to sell it like That's if you are wanting a brand to foot the bill so that you can go manage production yourself. If you're trying to sell it to a production house, which does not sound like you're trying to do. No. In that case, though, I would say you want an agent that knows that industry, that knows what Netflix or Hulu or whoever Uh, is looking for. But I think in your case, if you're going to like a bubble, for example, and saying, hey, I have this concept. I think it's going to do X, Y, Z. Then like I think that should be you. Mm. Okay, the reason I'm torn on this, too, is because I think that if I have someone else help me with it, I'll be more consistent. It'll be more accountable. Like, I think I have a lack of trust in myself of, like, Mm. consistently pushing it forward. I think I'll do it for a period of time and I'll get distracted by other things and I'll have to, like, work myself up to, like, stay on it. And so I'm a little nervous about that, but that's really me tripping about myself. I think that sounds like a challenge that you need then. I think you got to meet that head on. It's good to know yourself. It's good to know that you expect consistency to be an issue. But I Mm -hmm. think with a project like this, I think this has been percolating so long for you. It would surprise me if you lost steam. It absolutely has. It's definitely one of those things. You know, when people like have an idea, they have it for years and they haven't done anything to get going on it. That's me on this. I've had this idea for years and I need to just get my butt going on it. 
I I love the clarity of vision too because you know exactly what you want to make. It is highly monetizable. You have the monetization plan already. I got production plans. I just need to get my butt right. And you're passionate about it. So that's a very that's a dangerous trio. Like that's unstoppable. Okay, now you have me excited. I'm excited for you. I want to be like along for the ride. Will you keep bossy? crew bossy community informed of this journey along the way i will keep you guys informed a hundred okay i love it yeah and so as i'm thinking about sort of evolving my own personal brand i'm curious about how you think about your personal brand have you ever regretted for example naming putting your own name into your brand no there were moments where I think I could have gone there, but I didn't. And I personally think that not naming your brand after yourself is like the best business advice that you should never follow. I don't think anyone should be the best business away. advice you should never follow, meaning you should do it. Is what you're you saying. should do it because it, on paper it makes sense. All the reasons why you shouldn't name it after yourself make total sense. There are risks, but in practice, there are so many examples like. You think Oprah Winfrey's like, man, I really shouldn't have named the Oprah show after myself. Yeah, and not just I couldn't sell it later. Like no. And not just Oprah show, like because she has like Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. Network. She's also got Oprah magazine. She's got this whole like two point five billion dollar business now. And almost every single part of it, maybe I think there's holding companies because she has like Harpo. Uh, wait, but Harpo is Oprah backwards. Yeah. So everything got her name on. Yes, yeah, she, okay. she really committed just to the really name. branded out <laughs> Oprah, right? So she's like, "This is my personal brand, yeah. and everything you're gonna get from this creative genius is is to connected to this." Correct. So this is the move that you're going with. Then. I think so because, frankly, yes, it could flop absolutely, but I don't think it's gonna be the reason that you flop, and yeah. so it's maybe a bit of a, a risk. And I think people will look at media as a really good example of this because obviously Oprah is a personality; she's selling her vibe, her essence, right? But like, it works in other spaces too. You think about something like Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig, who is in the weight loss space, yeah, she was just a normal person. She was a woman who had, I think, just had her second baby, and she was having a hard time losing weight. And so she and I believe her husband opened like a brick and mortar location that I think was like part gym, part something else. I'm not quite clear on like what else they were doing there, if anything, at first, but. I mean, by year 10, they were doing nearly $500 million a year in revenue. So I'm like, it, it works because people follow people. Yes. People follow people. That's the thing. We're in this era where like people are not that excited. If you go on Instagram, people do not want to follow a logo. They want to mm-hmm. follow a person. And so we've really seen this growing insurgence of the personal brand, which I think is really different than, like, for example, what was happening in business when our parents came up, when our Mm -hmm. grandparents came up. Like, I think my mom sometimes is like, why does, like, your person have to be involved in the whole thing? Like, she's kind of like, I don't really get that. Because I think the personal brand wasn't, like, as huge of a thing then as it is now. Social media has totally changed this, right? We want to follow a person, not a logo. Yeah, we've been conditioned to seek out other humans it's like the influencer idea but so it's too funny too because when I was looking I was trying to find examples of this and I was looking into Jenny Craig and I actually think they might be filing for bankruptcy now like 40 years on but I wouldn't Maybe. consider that a business failure I mean you go for 40 years they had a long run you had a good run and the the thing was like 
Jenny Craig's downfall was Ozempic and body positivity. Dang. Like these two. It's like that space has seen so People much. People just don't want to lose weight anymore. Is that they like. They don't. And it's, and it's naturally. this idea that like they want. Um, it's more about like feeling good and healthy living. And Jenny Craig was very much about like you want to have a snatched bod. You better work. You for better that work. Snatched bod. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. It was very superficial and surface level. So like I think the underlying culture that drove weight loss consumerism mm. changed, and like they didn't really adapt with it. But that had nothing to do with it being named after her. Yeah, like she didn't fail because she named the brand Jenny Craig. It's just the market changed, the environment changed. And also, most businesses don't last forever. Right. And I would argue they probably shouldn't last forever. That's not really how this whole ecosystem world is supposed to work. I mean, it's impressive when they last a long time. But even if you look back at like, I think 100 years ago, when you look at is it the Dow or the top like 30 stocks in America 100 years ago, only one of them is even still in existence. I think it's General Electric. Every every single other company that used to be top dog is now defunct. I think what's kind of at the undercurrent of the conversation we're talking about that maybe we're not explicitly saying that I think we're we're noting mm. is that sometimes people critique personal brands because they feel like they won't have longevity. If you use your yeah. personal brand, like there's going to be all these problems. And I'm sort of hearing you say other businesses ain't got longevity either. Mm-hmm. Like actually there's all these benefits to having personal brand, to leading with personal brand these days that at, might outweigh the other option of just not having a personal brand or not really being focused on personal and just putting a logo. I'm glad you articulated that so clearly because there's there is someone that I was thinking of when we were talking about this conversation who I think has done this really well, who has who has managed this evolution well, mm. because not only is like naming it after yourself potentially a you might think, oh, this is going to really limit my longevity. But so is age, like these young people that establish that brand really early in life. So I think of someone like Emma Chamberlain, mm. who is a famous YouTuber who has 30 million followers and subscribers across platforms who started making videos when she was like 17 and I don't know about how much you've changed since you were 17, but I was an unrecognizable person. And so if I had built an entire brand around who I was as a 17-year-old and then had tried to, I mean, I can see why like that'd be really tough. But mm. she basically invented the editing style that is super popular on YouTube. The jump cuts, the like zooming in and out quickly, the like... Really? She was kind of the pioneer of that editing style, and so she became really known for it. But then it became a little bit ubiquitous. Wait, what does she make videos about? That's the crazy thing. Her vlogs used to be, like, her going to Coachella, her going to SoulCycle. Now it's like, here I am in my house drinking coffee. Now I'm going to the grocery store. Come with me to the gym. Now I'm back in my house. We evolved with her. And I think because she, she, to me, is someone that isn't she's not following a playbook she's not following trends she is just out there doing her own thing and kind of establishing the trends for everyone else and so she evolved past her own style that became ubiquitous she tried something totally different now it has a very kind of like film noir cinematic vibe to her videos but people they love it they're eating it up because it's it's genuine to her yeah. And she's an artist, right? Like, she is setting the pace. She's not trying to keep up with, like, what else is going on. That's a good component, too, because I think personal brands are really good if you want to optimize for 
art, for the creativity of it all. I think this is actually, by the way, side note, a really fun conversation for us to have, just like all sequined and sparkled <laughs> out. We're talking about personal brand and the art and the creativity of your personal brand that you get to infuse. Like, I like that we are embodying You know what's great, today. too, is that, like, I feel like in our first set of recording episodes together, every time you came on set, I'd be like, whoa, what are we wearing today? And now you are literally dripping in sequins and pearls head to toe. And I'm like, yep, that's Tara. Okay. Drip, drip. Like haven't even. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you, you have a strong personal brand because now I come to expect that from you. Interesting. I also think that it evolves, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that you get to see different versions of myself and I think my personal brand, I get to express part of it through like fashion and those sorts of things. And you get to see the evolution of how I feel about myself, how I think about my mm-hmm. own business world. Like you kind of get to see it in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is almost a sense with a personal brand, perhaps that it has to be really maximalist and flamboyant or that mm-hmm. you have to be really over the top in some ways. But I think another example of someone that does this really well is Andrew Huberman. I think his personal brand is so fascinating because his content is literally just hours and hours of technical talk. So he is a he's like a Stanford PhD or MD. I'm actually like not really sure which one. He's Dr. Andrew Huberman. And he has this (laughs) podcast called Huberman Lab where he talks about all these different health protocols and explores all these different health topics. It sounds mad nerdy, mad nerdy. But he's also (laughs) like kind of hot like he's like nerdy he's like 50 years old but he looks like he's like 35 so i'm like wrong with that it's working uh but yeah now he's like synonymous with health and science and so it i don't really understand how this has popped off as much as it has in a world where i feel like attention spans are this short and people have very little tolerance for lofty high-minded things but Dude, he's just giving millions. you Bill Nye the Science Guy energy. Yes, millions of fans. Like he really marries that prestigious, impressive, credentialed persona with like a very down to earth, relatable personality and approach. And so it's funny because there's this like contingent of fans called Huberman husbands, and my husband is definitely a Huberman husband. Where like <laughs> they just all follow everything he says to a T. So like sometimes Thomas will be like. Yeah, well, my doctor said, and he's talking about Andrew Huberman. Oh, my gosh, but it's my doctor. It's my doctor. Like, well, my doctor said I should have light in my eyes in the morning. And I'm like, you're talking about Huberman, aren't you? He's like, yeah, my doctor. So this is all these guys who listen to this guy and they get life science. And then they like the joke is, yes, they joke that like the Huberman husbands then like push it onto their wives so like all of a sudden they'll start doing these crazy things and the wives are like why are we suddenly taking morning walks facing the sun and it's like oh well because low angle sunlight blah 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 circadian rhythm whatever so his audience <laughs> is very devout it would honestly shock me if he's not working right now behind the scenes on his own products because this man's trust is otherworldly there was like this failing protein powder brand that advertised on his show and Within like one, literally one ad read, their sales spiked. Like, Business turned around. 
And now they're like off and running. They were like days away from going out of business. And he was like, I like this protein. And everyone was like, bet. And they all went and bought it. And yeah, so it's like he has really good advertiser power. But I'm like, you should be making your own stuff and selling your own stuff and getting 100% of it, not getting paid by brands. Yeah, this is a commonality, too, of a lot of the people that we're talking about with these strong personal brands. Mm -hmm. Their ability to just like sell things off the shelf, right? Because we were talking about Oprah, too. Oprah can do that. You're in Oprah's book club. That book is selling. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And her ability to really put people on Huberman too, right? The ability to just like get people's products going and sold is really interesting. And I think that doesn't happen as much with a non personal brand. I think like Kylie Jenner is right. a really great example of this, right? Yeah. Like whatever Kylie's selling, people buying it. Yeah. Because she has this strong personal brand. What do you think people should do? Like I bet there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening to this right now or watching this right now and they are like struggling about putting themselves out there as a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Well, I get it. I think it makes sense to be fearful of that because there is certainly a level of vulnerability and there's there is that chance that you're going to put it out there and people are going to be like, nah. But I do think that that's kind of the risk that you have to take in order to get the reward. And I think most people would probably be surprised by how, in my opinion, kind of like they say there's. There's a someone for everyone, like no matter how weird or different or interesting you are, like there's going to be some perfect match out there for you. I kind of think the same about audience. And it doesn't Mm. mean that you need to be universally appealing and there needs to be millions of people. But if you've ever heard of the 1000 true fans framework, it's this idea that like you can build a very successful business with 1000 devout fans so it's not always going for scale necessarily millions of followers quality over quantity yeah yeah and the weirder you are the more you actually might find success because a lot of this stuff has been done before and people like new and novel and interesting so if if it's kind Mm. of a a scary thing around like i don't know like am i gonna am i like mainstream or am i gonna be like broadly consumable in that way or like is is the element of myself that I'm putting into this it's like it almost is better if you're not I'm so curious because I think in this topic when it comes to putting your personal brand out there and actually leaning into having a personal brand in the first place I think the fear of it shows up in really different ways Hmm. like everybody has a different I don't want to call it excuse that's not the right wording but like a different root of the fear of like what it is you think people are gonna they're gonna not like me they're gonna be mean to me they're gonna like there's always something there do you feel like you had one when you were starting was there a fear or were you just like i'm out i'm i'm doing it i would say it was the one time in my life where i actually wasn't afraid of that because i was so laser focused on what i wanted to talk about that it didn't even occur to me to be afraid that people might not like it and I think that's a bit of a superpower because I wasn't thinking that hard about it. That I think is actually really critical. I think I even in my own personal brand now, I think I get more tripped up about stuff now because there's more people watching. I'm overthinking it more than I, I did at the beginning. I agree. But I think that the, the key takeaway here and I'm thinking specifically right now, I have a friend who like experiments with leaning into her personal brand and she gets on the camera to record and just freezes up. Like she's really like a dynamic person. But Mm -hmm. when that camera is on, she's stiff and she freezes up. And I think she's really overthinking it. And I think the key is like, it ain't going to work that way if you're overthinking it. It might help to have like an actual person, like a friend behind the camera, 
like just talking to you and you almost ignore that the camera is there and just talk to your friend. This is what Gen Z does so well because they've all grown up. Yeah, they're so getting, organic. Yeah, it's, on the they're camera. digital natives like through and through. And so we could obviously talk about why that's terrible for their mental health. But yeah. like, if you want to make a personal brand, it's like not a bad thing because they, they're so used to seeing themselves in the front facing camera to work with, to like having opinions, to sharing them. Like, yeah. But I think that. Another thing that if if you struggle with that feeling of like you get the camera and you just like freeze and get stiff, the, you can get those like vloggy style cameras where there's like a little handle. And I almost yes. feel like taking it around with you for a day and just knowing this footage is not going to go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's just for me. I'm making a video diary of my day just to get kind of used to the feeling of like talking to a camera, but with low to no stakes whatsoever. Yes. I think the low stakes, like w- convincing yourself you're never going to post it even if later on you do mm-hmm. is actually really helpful my boyfriend and i we were about to record some content together he was really excited he like made a google doc of like here's what we're going to talk mert. about he was mert was ready to Love. go <laughs> he was ready to go and then we sat down to record that content and he freaked out really he freaked out he was like well, he was like you're making this too serious i'm like you have a google doc i'm making this too serious <laughs> Because <laughs> I was sort of like thinking about like I was trying to I was trying to find my lighting, you know me. I was like, where's the light, right? And he was like, you're making this too serious. And really, like afterwards, he was like, I'm sorry, you weren't making it too serious. I was just sort of like feeling a little like scared yeah. about putting my personal brand out there. And I think it might be better if next we try it again if we record. But like I know that you're gonna just show me the video. Like we can just see how we feel about it. We won't go straight to like posting anything. Mm-hmm. But like knowing it's like we're not gonna post it. It's just for fun. Like that might bring the guard down for people who are stuck on like putting their. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think not posting it. There's also that that concept of like, I don't know if you've ever heard the, I don't know if it's like a prayer or a poem um, called Our Deepest Fear. No, but the idea, oh, the idea is that you letting your light shine gives other people permission to do the same. So there's almost this service mentality of if I'm putting myself out there and I'm being fully myself, I'm actually giving other people who might feel the same way I do permission to go be fully themselves that's a really good one because i think when i first started putting my personal brand out there for apps without code like so many people replied back and said like i actually haven't seen people who look like me who have experiences like me in tech Mm -hmm. this was Mm -hmm. really helpful for me to see and i wasn't really thinking about that but that kind of gave me a little bit more drive and so maybe you can use that of like i'm gonna just sort of there's somebody like me who's trying to figure this out and my boldness will be a mirror for them yes We'll be right back to the conversation after a quick break. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, back to the show. So one of the things that we talk about with personal brands that people get kind of critical of is they feel like personal brands can't scale Mm. or that you're going to have problems scaling. But there are some really interesting blueprints for scaling a personal brand. And my favorite is RuPaul. Oh, RuPaul. We love RuPaul. (laughs) I'm like squealing because I love RuPaul so much. I think like just RuPaul is just like a great example of just like being yourself, carving out your own lane and like 
creating huge fandom around that personal brand of you being your own unapologetic self. So like, I love it. But I don't. So you we talked about watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. There's a TV show that started in 2009, I think, called RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's a competition show for drag queens. They have all kinds of competitions here. Like there's acting competitions, there's lip sync competitions, there's fashion design competitions. They design their own clothes. Like there's a lot happening on this show. But what I think is interesting from a business perspective, like the business of the personal brand of the show. First of all, RuPaul's name is locked in this show. It is RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Right. Um, And he localizes the show so that there's different hosts in different countries. So in 2019, they expand to the UK. Then there's an expansion to Australia. There's RuPaul's Drag Race Canada. There's RuPaul's Drag Race Netherlands. There's RuPaul's Drag Race Spain. Like there's all these different RuPaul's Drag Races. There's like a down under um, Australian and New Zealand one. There's a Thailand version. And so there's almost like this franchise model. What happens is that like he's part of selecting the hosts. Mm. So there's still the same flavor of the show. It still has the same kind of like like brand, mm-hmm. but RuPaul's not the host of each of these shows. RuPaul's nowhere to be seen on RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race Canada. I mean, like RuPaul will come and like do a quick guest <laughs> appearance, but it's not the host. It's of nowhere the show. to be found. <laughs> it's really interesting. Can you imagine, like, what's the Money with Katie expansion version of this? You know what? I think what's funny is that people think that you can't sell a personal brand or that you can't have a personal brand where you are no longer involved. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about a RuPaul or a Jenny Craig or an Oprah or I think about like an Estee Lauder. That's a makeup company named after the founder. Estee Lauder not running the company anymore. Right. Is that you could if, if what you want to happen happens and if things scale and blow up and get larger than life you are going to have more options than you realize. Mm. And I think when I was starting, I had someone tell me, you shouldn't name it Money with Katie because you're Katie. And without Katie, what do you have? And I said, well, I'm building it for the long haul. I'm not building it because I want to just go offload it in three years to someone else and sell it and walk away. I mean, that's not my intent. So I guess if that is your intent. Maybe don't name it after yourself, but think about like a Dave Ramsey in in the same industry. Yeah, Dave Ramsey, they do a hundred million dollars a year plus in revenue. They have a very similar media model. They have all sorts of interesting ways that they're making money, and he is himself a very polarizing figure you either hate him or you love him but they're bringing in other personalities that kind of fit that same mold so to your Mm. point about the hosts not being all rupaul the host of the ramsey show sometimes isn't dave anymore and like he he's not the head of every single thing that they do they have other ramsey show personalities that come in and so i don't see any reason why if things got huge and you know please like that would be amazing (laughs) that we could go find other people that think the same way that we do and believe the same things that are part of money with that could go be other public facing pieces of like the money with katie universe so i think that it's it's very it's a very limited view to think that that naming it after yourself is going to stunt the growth so you have in your brand, it's named after yourself, and you also have, like, different things that you're doing, right? Because you have the podcast, but you're also working on a book. hmm 
what, and I, I think I've heard you talk about other things too that you want to do in the future. <laughs> with the book, how does that work in terms of like, because like, for example, with RuPaul, he's like, you can purchase sort of franchise rights and there's name and likeness because you get to use RuPaul's name and the title of it. How does this work for your brand, for example, when you think about your book? Yeah. With the book, I am licensing back the money with Katie Brand from Morning Brew ah. for the purposes of the book kind of in perpetuity. So one thing that I'm really thinking about for the future, too, is how do I evolve past Money with Katie, too? How does Katie Gaddy Tossan as a person have a mm. brand that is not synonymous with Money with Katie? Yes, they're different things. And so space. this... This project that you and I are embarking on together is very meta in that sense because it's this is not money with Katie on Bossy. This yeah. is Katie on Bossy. And so how it do is. I establish a brand around Katie that is separate and distinct from money with Katie? That's kind of my version of the challenge that you outlined, which Ooh. is like this is the next big step and this is where we need to get to to really keep the momentum going. Now, I think what can be tricky about that is what happens when you build a personal brand all around yourself and then you get sick of that version of you and you're like that's not me anymore I don't identify with that person that I've built this brand around yeah I definitely have gotten sick of elements of a brand that I've designed I've experienced that before because when I first built apps without code it was 2016 I was a totally different person Hmm. Yeah, it was like I, I was, was actually seven years ago. Yeah, like I was a really different person. I had a different perspective on how to do things. I saw myself differently. I looked really different. Like just there were so many things that were different. And I really evolved. But the thing about business, particularly when you get to a particular place, when you're sort of seven figures and up is like a lot of business is about consistency. Right. Doing the same thing. A lot of people need to hear like I haven't gotten my my brand message out to so many people. And so they need to hear that same brand message that was useful for someone who discovered me for the first time in 2016. They also need to hear that. And so I've found myself kind of feeling stuck at times mm. because there's an older version of me that is the brand of Tara Reed slash apps without code, like dash apps without code. And actually, we used to have the the sort of Facebook page. I actually think our Facebook page still is like Tara Reed dash apps without code, but everything used to be that. It was like me and the brand together, looped together. And I started separating them. There's like Tara Reed and apps without code. Those are separate. Sort of how you're talking about yep, those right now. I was now. just gonna say it's resonating. I had to. You know what I noticed speaking of this, the separation? Hmm. I looked at your personal Instagram. My personal oh God. And when I think I first when we first met, your personal Instagram, I don't think there was much of a bio on it. It was just sort of like a something simple. What was it? Do you remember what it was? It might have been a Sopranos quote. Okay. Great. Very Katie. Very Katie. It's, it's, can I say it? It was, it. you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice? But It's like a poly D. Oh my God. Okay. Shrimp fried rice. Hello. You're telling me a shrimp fried. Oh All right. We'll move gosh. on. What do you mean though? So okay, the bio so was. When I looked at your bio, I saw like it, it was the shrimp fried rice before. <laughs> And then lately I looked and it was just like it was a whole separate like you, I could tell you were taking your identity 
separately as Katie. Mm, interesting. So I could tell you were looking at it differently. By the way, I love doing this. I love looking at my friends' bios over it's time. Like how are they describing How themselves? are they thinking about their own personal brand and describing themselves? And whether you think about yourself as a brand or not, in today's day and age, we are all brands, mm-hmm. right? So... I like looking at this. And I also, by the way, for myself, this is my activity when I'm thinking about changing or evolving my own personal brand. I rewrite my bio. I don't even necessarily publish it. I've got like a notes document where I'm like, what would be the next version of my bio? Entertainment media. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to ask about how you're envisioning that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like there's sort of a combination of like um, tech and media. I still need the word, but like baddie something like that <laughs> tech and media baddie because there's like both and i'm interested in this intersection between yeah. the two um and then like probably some line next about like what i'm doing of like producing reality tv shows made for social media and then probably like links to the shows that i wrote and as i wrote it i linked to like i put like an at sign there's actually no social media page for these shows but i like pretended there was as i was writing them so like that's an activity i'm doing to sort of step into that but it really kind of is is perfectly aligned to the conversation we're having about what happens when you get sick of yourself in mm-hmm. your personal brand how do you evolve past it i think that there are some celebrities who have done a great job at this you know who i'm going to bring up and I'm sorry to the people. I'm sorry to the anti-Swifties. It's but Taylor Swift time. Taylor Swift has done a really good job of this. The reinvention over and over and over again. And every time people initially bristle at it. And they're like, oh, pop star. What? No, no, no. You're a country star. You stay in that box. So with 1989, she reinvents herself. Even like the reputation era was a big change for her. Now she's kind of back to a pop thing. There was like the the moment of like the Bob Dylan-y, woodsy, I'm wearing flannels all the time moment. But I think it's funny because what it highlights for me personally is that the only answer is to really keep the evolution going, except that you're not who you were before and recognize that like some people aren't going to be down with that at least not at first Mm -hmm. maybe they'll come along later as I think we're seeing now is that people are really understanding even with like the heiress tour and how much that three-hour show demonstrates her range people are like oh I get it now it's Mm -hmm. clicking now I see what she was doing all along but it takes time and like not everyone people like consistency they like predictability that's what a brand is for, is consistency and predictability. Mm. So, like, it can make people uncomfortable if it feels like you're changing. And there's that parasocial thing where, like, they feel like they know you. And so if you are now giving them something different, it's like, wait a second, what are you doing? I don't like that. But I think the people that you're going to attract the right people each time. And I, I do not think the answer is just staying stagnant in a place that you're like, I don't even really feel this way anymore. This is going to sound kind of dumb, but I didn't even realize that like Taylor Swift, the country singer and Taylor Swift, the pop star were even the same people. Like Taylor Swift's not really in my world. Like when I mm-hmm. scroll through my feed, my friends are not talking about Taylor Swift. I think this <laughs> makes me realize I need more white friends. But like, I just, you probably don't. It's just she's not honest. really in my 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 world. You have brought Taylor Swift into my world. I even like and from some coming up episodes, I have a Taylor Swift inspired outfit that's come through that inspo source from you. But I didn't even realize that those were separate, that those were the same people. Mm-hmm. That's how much that evolution, like, I think I remember, like, oh, yeah, like, there was a country yeah, singer called Taylor Swift. Yeah, little teardrops on my guitar, little Tim McGraw, yeah. 
I forgot all about. I didn't connect the dots um, until I think you connected the dots. And I think until I'm seeing now her body of work, which now I think she's sort of po- yeah. showing this evolution. And that's part of the brand now is to show that evolution. I think range. A, the range. That's, mm-hmm. what she's, that's part of the brand now is I got range. Let me yes. show you. So speaking of range and speaking of, of uh, I'm going to make a shameless plug here. If you are enjoying bossy and you would like to subscribe to the show you want to keep getting more of it i would really appreciate it i'm sure tara would really appreciate yeah. it yeah if you either subscribed on youtube if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening on spotify or apple podcasts hitting the subscribe button so that the, the episodes get pushed to you yeah that's perfect and let us know in the comments like what you're liking what you're enjoying what's helpful for you to hear yeah because we're trying and experimenting a lot of things with, with different range things. with yes. different range and seeing what works what feels good and aligned to us what feels good and aligned to you so that'll be really helpful yes. for us so feedback is very very valued and whether you want to share that privately or in the comments or in a review that'd be great beautiful okay you know who i also like who has done the transformation really well who kimmy k Oh, Kim Kardashian. I do love me some Kimmy K. I love Kim Kardashian. I think I think people like really are hard on her. Mm-hmm. But she's done this transition from socialite, from Paris Hilton's best buddy to mogul. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting to me is on are you watching this season yes. of the Kardashian? You didn't even know what I was going to say. You know I'm watching it. This season of the Kardashian, she was like, yes, I'm watching it. I'm already I'm up to, up to date. I'm caught up. Are you caught up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm caught up. She's like, yes. Okay, what are you going to reference? So oh, a few episodes ago in this season, she has there's an episode where I think she really is showing. And actually, there's a couple episodes this season. This season, she's really leaning into, oh, no, you were sleeping on me as a mogul, but you're going to see what I'm really doing outside of just being cute. Like, I think she's really showcasing this that, this season. I've I've noticed that in two ways. The first, which really stuck with me, was when she went to Harvard Business School to speak. Uh-huh. And the professor at Harvard was like, you have instincts that are on par with some of the best leaders of consumer-led brands that I speak with. And she was like, she turns to the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and is like, you hear that, everyone? Yeah. Not just a whatever. I forget what she, just not just a big butt or something. Yeah. The, the professor was like, yeah, you have incredible instincts. The other was the prison reform work. That she's doing. Yes. And it was her and Malika, I think, going to meet with people who had had gotten out of prison after serving uh, either, you know, 25 years to life in sentences sentences. that got shortened. Um, But, yeah. And so I think that those were two moments where I was like, yeah, she is she also has range in that sense. I'll give you one more micro moment that was in the scene about her at law school because Mm. the, the professors were saying, how come you don't was it business school or law school? I don't know if she's at the Harvard Business School. She's at business the business school. school too. Yep. So when she went to Harvard Business School, she the professor asked, well, how come you don't let people see this side of you? Oh, yeah. And she sort of made a comment, which was essentially the gist of, like, people aren't really like ready for that. They kind of need to, like, they want to see me in a certain way. That's why. And it sort of let me into knowing, like, oh, she's strategic. Yeah. Because it is true. Like, we have a hard time holding in our minds big ideas of people like they are both socialite and mogul like that's really hard for Mm -hmm. for us to like get and so she understands that and is like i'm gonna dish to you from a personal brand i'm gonna spoon feed you one at a time we'll get there eventually i don't know that she had the foresight that she was like we'll get there but she's spoon feeding oh you know what also this was in a scene where they were talking about venture capital 
mm. where she's investing. And I Sky think that Partners, also, Sky I think Partners. Is the name. She had, I, did you know that she has an investment yeah. fund or mm-hmm. it's a private equity fund yeah. buying companies? So so she's sort of letting in. And I think she makes a comment in that scene about the private equity fund where she's like, yeah, if people saw what I actually do every day, day to day, they'd be bored out of their minds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which also is kind of like, wow, I'm impressed that they're even able to make an entertaining show out of it then, if that's true. But also, I'm ready, and I think the world's ready to see Kim Kardashian doing the boring stuff. I want to see her bossy deals and, like, what she's doing. So I, I love that. I love that in the mix. I agree. I think, too, that Kim... I like that you highlight the complex truths piece of this because I think that that is true of a lot of these people. And I would add the layer of time, which is that Kim Kardashian entered the scene in 2007. It's been a long time, similar to Taylor Swift around the same time. And so they've both been doing this for such a long time and they've evolved so many times. And this this is a slow burn. It's a progression. It's not something where you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm different now. And so the spoon feeding note is really good because you're you're easing people. You're bringing them along for the journey. It's strategic little by little mm. as opposed to just like this hard. You're dumping it on the kids at the kitchen table like, hey, update. yeah, I think at one point we expected one point in history, not that long ago history. We expected personal brands to be constant and the same. I actually think now we have completely 180 on that in mm. our view of pop culture. Now we expect personal brands to evolve to the point point where we get upset when they have not evolved have you so drake has a new album out mm, okay. i've not really heard it the critique i'm not really i'm not pressed about drake the critique <laughs> have you heard it no i don't okay. think so we're not we're not pressed about drake the critique see though, this is the opposite my timeline is not talking about drake so drake, you're bringing yes. me some new things beautiful. now <laughs> beautiful i love it uh, the critique of drake's albums is that he's talking about the same stuff the same girls it's the same storyline he's not changed anything the melody's the same it's just all the same and everybody's like drake please grow up like we need you to mature now is the critique the 180 note is so interesting and i'm so glad you said that because i think people might still be stuck on the constant thing that like brands have to be constant and predictable because that's how we think about brands. They're using old information. Using What's old current information. Yeah. is that we expect brands to evolve. Also, one thing that one example of this that's interesting is Britney Spears. How so? So is there's this there's this TikTok reel that's essentially like Britney Spears invented the TikTok dance. Like if you it's like tick it's like TikTok <laughs> music. Like, run the clip. <laughs> run the like... clip. Yeah, but like the like the dancing she's doing is very like it's like some micro movement, small like small staccato movements, and that's very TikTok now like she invented this but we feel like oh she's doing the same like why is she doing the same dance style she's doing the same exact thing nothing's changed but i think people feel like why hasn't she changed what she's doing and evolved interesting yeah Yeah, britney spears is a a whole nother case it's so complex probably do an entire episode about britney spears okay so you started today by telling me that you know what the next move is it terrifies you and you've also told us that apps without code that there are elements of the brand that you created seven years ago that you're like ah this isn't really resonating with who i am now yeah so tell me if you were building it today and Mm. starting it today how would you build it differently what would you do differently 
Okay, if I was redoing my personal brand today, I would build for variety. Like that I would build for the change. So Ooh, we're okay. doing this, for example, in planning with Bossy, where we are coming up with like a thesis. Like for the next set of episodes, these are the things that we're interested in. And I think we've told the team, we've told producers, we've told everyone, like, next batch of things that we do we're gonna have a different thesis we're gonna be different people different entrepreneurs we're gonna be interested in different topics and so I think I did not when I was building my personal brand at the beginning give everybody in the whole team and myself expectations that this is gonna change mm. so I think one of the things I definitely should would do is like build for seasonality like this is what we're doing this season but it's gonna change next season and I think that will be really aligned too to how people consume things because we want change mm-hmm I think also um, I would some there's some things I would do the same. Okay. I think I now have a much better understanding of myself and how much I like performance art, (laughs) which is kind of you don't say. Yeah. It's one of those weird (laughs) things because I think anybody who knows me is like, you just figure that out. Yeah, really. I kind of did. For our audio listeners, she's wearing a beaded headdress that's like sequins little studs pearl i mean it's like a like a sequined cleopatra vibe yeah it's like if a wig wig and like gladiator hat had a baby kind of thing yeah so i think what's really funny to me and this is sort of an interesting note about like our understanding of ourselves because it's taken me learning after learning like clear example of you like performance art another clear example another clear example for me to really get it and to act on it and to build my life and things that I'm doing around that because before I discovered entrepreneurship I was a choreographer the dancer and choreographer that was my first love yeah and so like obviously you like performance art that's where you started but for me like it's been realizing oh like everything if I look at all the things that I like like things that I lean into. Mm-hmm. There's a common thread. And so I think I just would be more clear and articulate with people that I work with and myself about that, the real stuff that I love. Like I would still do that the same. And the, the performance art piece has always been part of what I've done. So I'd always do that the same, but I would be more aware of it if the, I could be. The through line is interesting. There is this concept of talent stacking that I think in retrospect, it's very easy to see how you've done this. You're looking at, oh, well, yeah, I was a choreographer. Oh, well, yeah, I like this, that, and the other. Clearly, this is the path that I should be on. I can kind of look back and see some of these same things, both with being a theater kid and, like, liking to perform, liking to, like, be on stage. And I think that 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 exercise of mining your past for like these past versions of you but what is the through line that like things that were always kind of on your radar things that interest you and that talent stack is the idea that by layering those unique elements on top of each other you are going to create something wholly and uniquely your own so it's this idea that creativity is really the unique sum of all of your influences Mm, yeah i think that's right i think that's right okay so to close this out what do you think about the fact that our show then If you look at all of the the, <laughs> the logo, all the information, it says Bossy with Tara and Katie. Our I names think, are in it. I think that's job security, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.